0: Are you ready? It's the time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, those of you with less manners than that. Uh, this is Man Buns Jesus, season two, episode like something. twenty-nine or something. We're really we're gonna do a season three at some point. We just we have no reason to make that arbitrary divide yet, so uh, we'll get there. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Josh Laborious. I'm a pastor out in Southern California. And the other voice joining me today is Pastor Ben Olschlager from Lake Orion, Michigan from Good Shepherd, right? Yeah. Yep. Good Shepherd out yep, there. That's
0: the
1: one. And uh what are we talking about today, Ben?
0: Josh, I got something I really gotta get off my chest here.
1: Oh. Don't be cheesy. <laughs> Boo.
0: Yeah, sorry. Um so we're talking confession today. That was the joke that I was in the process of making. I apologize for the phone ringing into the uh, recording of the podcast. It's going to our school line, so Um, I don't have to touch it. Um, Anyway, we're talking confession. Um, And the reason we're talking confession is because it can oftentimes kind of get lost in the midst of a service. Um, We do it every week. It can sometimes be a little rote. Um, and it often, at least for those of you who show up to an eight o'clock or eight thirty service, because your parents drug you there, um, you may not be awake enough yet to really recognize what you're speaking. So, um, we figured it'd be good to go in depth on, on what those words actually mean, why we do it, uh, and what it looks like to confess. Um, and we, we want to broaden this out to more than just confession within the, um, within the service on a Sunday morning, yeah. Because confession is part of Christian living. Um and so we're gonna talk about that a little bit too here today. Um so I guess first things first, let's let's talk about kind of what it is, what it is within the service, um, to just kind of set a baseline here. So Josh, you want to kick us off?
1: Yeah. So traditionally you're gonna hear a confession, something along the lines of I um, I a poor miserable sinner confess etc 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 like that's and it's um, it's pretty standard I, I didn't check this because we don't use them but I think even across the divine services it, the confession of sins is very similar I, I think one of them it actually is only like a line and then the the pastor offers a prayer but um, so in a more traditional setting you're going to hear that in at edgewater you're going to hear a version of that we we can, we do a, di- a we do the same one every week but it's a little bit different um there is no the or thou involved it's it's what i would call maybe a more colloquial version of what you would find in a in a lutheran service book um but also you can go to some churches and you're going to find very creative ones that are they tend to be maybe themed to the sermon um, where you're confessing a specific thing and the point of all of this um, why we include it every week is because it's really like the fundamental reason the church exists and it seems weird because it seems like such a small part of what we do it's, you know it's maybe five minutes on a Sunday um, but the reality is the church exists to connect people to the forgiveness of Jesus Christ like that is that is the if the church is not doing that it's not really the church anymore it has become maybe a force for good in the community or like a social organization or a, a concert venue um, because if you forget the gospel, it's like, what makes us different from any any of those other things? And the answer is not much. Um, so it's it's kind of the critical piece of what we do. And at its, at its very fundamental level, a con, the confession is we recognize we are sinners that are hopeless without God's help. And then the response, and this is what the pastor brings into the service, is a, is a forgiveness of those sins and it's not and this is something that that i a couple professors at the seminary really helped me understand it's not a remembrance of your sins being forgiven it is it is what we would call and this is maybe a, a little bit of a theological term um it is a performative speech so it is words that actually do something so when your pastor gets up and says, by the command and with the authority of Jesus Christ, I forgive you all of your sins. He is not reminding you that you were forgiven by Jesus. He is saying all of your sins that you have committed are now forgiven. In this moment, they are forgiven. So that's, that's on a very fundamental, that is what confession and absolution is. Um, And before I throw it back to you, Ben, I do, I want to put in one caveat, because this is something that I experience, and this gives me an opportunity to segue into it, so I'm going to throw it out there. Um, When you're in seminary, when you're a student, your first two years, you are assigned a church to go to, because, and the core of the reason is they don't want all, whatever, 150 or 100 however many students are on campus. They don't want all of those students going to like three churches because they would not like very basically, you wouldn't have the chance uh, to get your preaching practice or whatever in. Um, So, but the fourth year you can can choose where you wanna go because by fourth year they're like, you've been on Vicarage, we're not really expecting you to get a whole lot more practice like you're not assigned to preach or whatever nearly as frequently, so they're like, "You like this is the last year you ever get to choose what church you get to go to." So we'll give it to you. Um, and my wife and I, we we bounced around to a couple different churches because we were just kind of seeing what uh, what was out there, who's preaching, we enjoyed stuff like that. Something you might do as a as a church member. Um, but i remember very distinctly we went to one church and the confession was one of those that was very much tailored to the sermon and like all the language was you were confessing a specific sin and i remember as i left that service feeling like i was missing something because the reality is and hear me clearly here i'm not i'm not saying i'm perfect by any means but that particular sermon Was not covering a sin i struggled with so like as i was confessing i'm like i mean i mean objectively i am guilty but not of this particular sin so like when he spoke the absolution i'm like well i mean i'm a sinner and i need forgiveness but you're not forgiving my sins you're forgiving a sin that i'm not really struggling with so um i am an advent and this is Kind of weird for me but i am very much an advocate of i like the standard confession because it very specifically covers everything so when you are forgiven like you have confessed everything so that's just a little plug i have out there like by all means get creative with your confession just make sure that you're not like very specifically limiting the confession to one or two sins um forgive everything that's important <laughs> There's my tirade. What do you got?
0: All right. Uh, so within, <laughs> just to recap here, within a service, uh, confession and absolution um, is certainly one of the high points, if not the high point, because it is a a very uh, plain and concrete reminder of the forgiveness that we have in Jesus Christ. Um there There are a few places when within a service where you might hear that proclamation um as you pray through the Lord's prayer, when you receive communion um when Hopefully it shows in up sermon, yeah, when it shows up in a sermon um, and sometimes you hear it uh plainly proclaimed in some of our our readings in scripture um, but you know you're gonna get that in confession and absolution every week. And that's certainly um, a big draw for me as a pastor in terms of the way that I structure services. Um, We do a little bit here to kind of change up style every now and again. Um, And when I have services where we're not communing and we're doing it as a more contemporary style service, I literally move confession and absolution to the center of the service so that it is kind of the central focal point of the service Um, we work through it it will immediately follow the sermon um, so that if people are feeling convicted in the the words of the sermon they can immediately confess those things and receive absolution Um, but i also leave it open so that people have the opportunity to confess whatever uh sins they they have on their heart and mind um because as much as we would like you to learn something every week as pastors, we know that that's not gonna happen um, and as one of my members reminded me last night, one of the greatest gifts that we want you to take away from the service is to walk away feeling refreshed um life can be full of crap. Uh, It's full of other sinners who make it full of crap. And uh, when you walk through our doors on a Sunday morning or on a Wednesday night or whenever you're meeting with us for service or meeting with us privately, um, we want you to be reminded of that forgiveness you have in Christ. Uh, And we want you to be able to use that to dive back into the crap wait a little longer in the words of of first peter uh for christ to come make you strong firm
1: i know you said wait but what i heard was wade w-a-d-e yeah yeah uh, with with all the crap imagery you're using uh also kind of appropriate um (laughs) well and so i've I gotta be i gotta make sure i do this anonymously enough i have had the complaint from someone who visited us at one point um that our service focuses too much on sin because like the, the language of the confession doesn't leave much like you can't wheeze out of it you're saying mm. out loud i am a poor miserable sinner mm. and it's kind of unfortunate because our the reason we draw attention to that is to draw greater attention to forgiveness right like Mm -hmm. ben was saying be refreshed be reminded that you are forgiven experience that forgiveness um but like it it does like forgiveness doesn't mean a lot if you don't kind of acknowledge first that you need it um, it's like giving someone a Band-Aid when they don't have a cut. They're like, why did you just hand me this? Um, <laughs> so we do. But I, I think it is important to note that the reason we do it is so that we can put more attention on Jesus' work for us.
0: Mm-hmm. And to be fair to to that particular criticism, and this is something that pastors struggle with from time to time, like, when we don't see or struggle to see much development in our our flock, it's really easy to just lay into the sin, right, and just go whole hog to convict people of something that we see wrong uh in their lives, and you know oftentimes we're breaking that uh breaking the the image of Jesus' parable about the speck and the plank um where we're kind of dodging our own sin in the midst of that uh so certainly there are times where we are at fault for just laying too heavy into the law but there are also times where people sit in denial of their sin and when we spell it out plain we don't use the same uh confession uh, order Uh, As Josh, but when we say I've sinned in thought, word, and deed, but things I've done and things I have left undone. You're not really skipping anything there.
1: Yeah, Uh, that pretty much covers everything I think, do, believe,
0: say on purpose or
1: not on purpose. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Um, You really have to reckon that with the fact that every action in your life is going to be judged in some on some level. And that can make people incredibly uncomfortable. It makes, I mean, I'm sure it makes Josh and I uncomfortable. I'm speaking uh, in the the if for Josh's sake, but I'm assuming that it does. When you speak the words of confession, I'm assuming it makes you uncomfortable from time to time.
1: Um, not, not at, not especially i i mean i guess what do you mean by uncomfortable
0: like you you feel convicted for a sin um that might be present on your mind something that you did in the past week Uh, see
1: i almost feel a relief from it hmm. like if i've really been like if i'm feeling guilty about something i almost feel a release from from confess- and and like, I think part of this is is just how I was raised. It was like, just kind of the benefits of laying it out there were, mm-hmm. were really always there. Like, um, I, I, Ben, you gotta tell me if I should cut this example out of the show. Okay. Um, so, this last Sunday, um, I, appr- the, I, I needed the worship team to do something, and I approached them in, with way more aggression and frustration than I intended to, and definitely more than I should have, um, and thankfully, I, I'm appreciative for this, someone kind of called me on it, and when they finished rehearsing, or I think they were just between songs, but I went up, and I was like, guys, I, I apologize, I shouldn't have come at you like that. Um, I was frustrated and I, I, I apologize. Um, and that moment, like that feels better to me than like sitting and stewing with the guilt is just kind of like getting it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel the same way about confession every Sunday. Like if I do have that sin, I feel more release than I do discomfort. Cause I'm like, okay, I can get this out and, and deal with it.
0: Um, mm-hmm. So I mean I agree with that. I agree that there is also a sense of relief but I think processing those first words of the of confession you know I confess that I've sinned uh, against God and against neighbor and thought word and deed by things that I've left on un- the things that I've done things I've left undone like for me as someone whose brain kind of clips along at a billion miles an hour um I feel like I, I find things in, in my week that I kind of forgot about. And then I feel convicted for them. And yet then, yes, there is that relief of, like, now it's off my chest for sure. But for me, the true relief comes when I hear the, the words of forgiveness proclaimed, right? And um, I appreciate my, my elders for doing this. Whenever we uh, do communion, they'll say a little blessing for me and remind me of my forgiveness at the rail. Um, which I think is just a nice touch in the midst of uh, everything that that we've got going on in the midst of the service. So
1: That is a nice touch. Yeah. Um,
0: but I agree with you. I just think for me, it often falls on a little different place because of yeah and i i
1: now that you kind of flesh it out i think i would say i do experience that discomfort but earlier Mm. um i experience that discomfort like when i lay down for the night and i'm going through my prayers and i think about all of the stupid cringe-worthy (laughs) things i've it's it's it for me it's like a, a good way to describe the feeling for me is like when, when you think back to things you said or did when you were younger Mm -hmm. and you still like cringe about it and you think like, Mm -hmm. how could I have said something like that? Mm -hmm. That's the kind of feeling I get. Absolutely. Um, it's just, I, I think it hits me more when I reflect on it at those, at those times of prayer. Um, so, um, so speaking of kind of those experiences outside of, uh, Outside of Sunday morning, um, I think it's worth paying a little bit of attention to individual confession absolution, Mm -hmm. Um, which we do for anyone who is unfamiliar. Lutherans do this and our like our confessions and not like the confession we're talking about, like the book that says this is what we believe. Mm -hmm. Both Ben and I have like vowed before God to uphold. Mm hmm it says individual confession and absolution is a good thing and it shouldn't or no it says private private confession and absolution is a good thing and we should uphold it and when i say all this what i mean is like you go meet with your pastor and and like specifically list out some of the sins you are struggling with and then his response is to forgive you of those sins um because, like, I think the image is like you—you you have the confessional in a Catholic church. Because a lot of Catholic churches, to my knowledge, they have those. It's a booth. You go on one side; the the priest is in the other. You confess your sins through like the little window, and and that that's how that works. We don't have the box. You meet with us face to face, and the the forgiveness is there. Um, and I'm I'm such a champion for this because in one of I think it was our our pastoral counseling class. It was like a part of the class where you had to go and do this with the campus chaplain. Um, I think there is very little in this world that is so powerful as someone knowing exactly how you have messed up and forgiving you anyway. Um, Because when it's that big corporate moment on Sunday morning Like the pastor says you are forgiven all your sins but i think there is an opportunity for that voice in the back of your head to say if he knew what you did he wouldn't be saying that but if you if you just finish telling him exactly what you did he will still say that so Mm -hmm. um i think it's a great thing if if you're struggling with something in your life like if guilt is really weighing you down, go to your pastor. Mm-hmm. Say, "I need to confess something." Mm-hmm. Um, in Ben's case, I'm sure you would go into his office. The door would get shut, and that's how that would work. Uh, if if you come to me, I, we're probably going to meet at either my house or yours because I don't know if that's an appropriate thing to to do in a Starbucks. <laughs> I don't have an office, so. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm an advocate for private confession absolution. I think it's a really good thing that we do, mm-hmm. um, not as much as we should, but mm-hmm. it's still there.
0: And to throw something in here, it can be kind of I don't know daunting a little bit to figure out when something is maybe worth bringing to a pastor. Um, and I'm going to give you two rules of thumb here. The first one is if you feel like it should come uh to a pastor, just take it to a pastor we'd We'd much rather like you come and hear those words of forgiveness than stew on something so that's one uh but two um a kind of nice rule of thumb and, and one that's a little easier to remember um is your confession? should be at least as public as your sin. So if you take Josh and I, for example, we're both married men. Uh, we occasionally- uh, She liked it so
1: she put a ring on it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we, we occasionally get frustrated with our wives. That happens, we're not perfect. Um, and when we do, like if it impacts our relationship with them, we should probably confess that sin to them. But if it's something that we do, we recognize right off the bat, hey, that's stupid, it shouldn't impact my relationship in any way, we can take that to God and, like, not stress our wives out about the fact that we had a momentary frustration with them over something dumb. (laughs) Yeah, and
1: and I got to speak to that, because, like, sometimes in the moment it's a frustration and then afterward, I'll look back and I'll be like, that was a really stupid thing that <laughs> you think about getting frustrated about.
0: Yeah. Uh, and if you brought all of those frustrations, whether you're married or if this is a friendship, if this is a relationship with someone in your family, if you brought all of those frustrations to those people directly. You're um, not going to have that friend very much longer. Exactly. <laughs> They're just going to think you hate them. So, like... Wow, and, you
1: sure are irritable
0: and <laughs> that's, that's the reason that uh i like kind of go on that basis of confess as publicly as your sin is affected or as as your sin is felt um so that means you know if you sin against uh, a friend, a neighbor, a spouse, a family member uh, and it affects your relationship with them, confess that sin to them um if you sin in a way where you offend. A large number of people confess to those people um if like josh you're a, a member of a larger organization like a church and you sin against a, a number of people as josh kind of explained in his example of getting frustrated with his uh worship band um he confessed to all of them which was good because he sinned against all of them um yep. and if you feel like your sin is weighing on you in such a way that it's impacting your, uh,
1: call it spiritual health.
0: Yeah. Your spiritual health or your, your faith life, your understanding of God's place in your life. Um, that's a clear, clear time that you should take that to your pastor. Um, come for private confession, and absolution, maybe a little bit of counseling. Um, And let's walk through what we can do to make sure that you know you are forgiven and that there is no sin that is insurmountable to the grace of christ
1: yeah and i think as we're talking about confession a really important piece of um of that is the response and when it's a Sunday morning, the response is scripted, right? When when you bring a confession, my response is always going to be, uh, "Having heard your confession, as a called and ordained servant of Christ, uh, by His by His command and with His authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit." Like that, that is my response. Um, but when we're when we're dealing with things individually, when you confess to your spouse or your friend or your family member. Um, the response matters. And I think we might have talked, we might have touched on this a little bit when we talked to Dr. Rockenbach and Ted Kobler mm-hmm. But this is something that I will subtly encourage, will subtly push for. Um, say you are forgiven and like those specific words are important because when you say that what you are communicating is yeah you did sin against me but i am forgiving that sin and like the the relationship is restored um because some of the other responses we give communicate very different things if you say like something along the lines of no worries you're You're kind of trying to undercut you're trying to say no, the sin never happened and and you're not really dealing with it, you're dismissing it, which is different
0: <laughs>
1: because then there's this potential of like yeah, it's okay, but I'm gonna bring this up again if I need it in a future argument or whatever um another one is you're good, no, if they're confessing like a real sin to you, it's not all good. Uh, the forgiveness can be there, but like you, you have to deal with the fact that there was a sin there. Um, but it's really, and I'll admit this, it's really uncomfortable if someone says, oh, I'm sorry for blah, 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 blah. And you say you are forgiven. Like, that's kind of awkward because you are like, you are affirming their guilt. You are saying you are right. You should be sorry. And I forgive you. Um, The exception would be, uh, because we use sorry, like really flexibly in the English language, like if you, if your dog is throwing up and and you tell someone, they're like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that's going on. Like, you don't have to say I forgive you in that situation unless they poisoned (laughs) your dog and caused them to throw up, right? They are expressing pity, not penitence so you can say oh it's fine i just cleaned it up with clorox or what a clorox or whatever like you don't have to forgive people if they are saying sorry and it's not like no sin is involved or if like because this is something my wife will do a lot like if i have a bad day um, i'll share it like i'll share with her i'll say like I, I had a tough day i'm not feeling great um and a lot of times she'll say oh i'm sorry because like she she feels for me she feels some empathy there um and depending on how bad the day has been a lot of times my flippant response is why are you sorry like it's not your fault (laughs) um but the response is important and if a sin really was involved I, I would encourage you uh as a listener like take this lesson use the language of forgiveness um and then take that forgiveness seriously so that's that's something I think is really important. Anytime you're talking about confession,
0: mm-hmm. whether
1: it's a personal one or like uh, any any sort of bigger scale, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Do you have anything mm-hmm. you want to tackle? I have two more like logistical points that I want to just throw out there, but I don't want go to... for
0: it. Just go go to straight to those.
1: All right. Um, so one note. Kind of circling back a little bit to that private confession and absolution thing, um, the seal of the pastoral office. Right. So you're like, if you're worried, like you're confessing to us and like you're worried, is he going to tell other people? The seal of the pastoral office is really, really seriously taken. So if something is told to me in confidence in, in the context of confession and absolution. There is no force on earth that can that can make me share that. We I, I think and Ben, you can correct me if I'm wrong. We are the only profession who cannot be forced to speak about something by a court. Because under the right circumstances lawyers or doctors, or like these other professions that have privacy protections in place, they can be forced under under specific circumstances to have to share certain details. Um, we can't there is our, our confessional seal is inviolate. Um, that we cannot be subpoenaed. Like they, the judge cannot bring us into court and say, did they confess this to you? It cannot be done. Um, so when you confess a sin to your pastor, it stays there. It is between you, the pastor, and God. And that is it. Um, there are, and I just want to be clear for the sake of being fully transparent with everybody. There is a difference between confession, absolution, and counseling. Right. So like if you come in and you're and you're like contemplating, say, suicide or something or self-harm or you're going to harm somebody else, like we have transitioned from confession and absolution into counseling. And at that point, it's going to be like if you're contemplating self-harm, I am going to call someone to make sure you are not hurting yourself or others. So that's that's kind of the if you're confessing a sin that stays between us. If you're contemplating a sin we're going to deal with that differently um so that's important i oh man did i have another note maybe i didn't oh yeah my other note was if it's like a really public sin um you should confess publicly but on the flip side that does not give you permission to go after someone publicly and this is something we've talked about a bunch of times before like Say a politician does something they shouldn't with their political office. They should confess that sin to everyone who is impacted by that wrong. That, that is what they should do. But that does not give you, if they haven't done that, that does not give you permission to go on social media, to go on, uh, the, on whatever platforms are available to you and blast them. Because we are called when someone sins against us to go to them one-on-one so you can if going with this example of a politician, if you feel they have sinned against you write them a letter and say, I, I believe you owe me a confession and I will forgive you, but I, you owe me a confession. And they might read that and say, like, who is this nut job who has written me this letter asking for a confession like that's a weird thing to do. Um, but I, I want to be clear, like, just because they ought to confess publicly doesn't mean you should call for that confession publicly, if that makes sense. Um, that's not if, how propositional if, calculus yeah.
0: works. If and only if you get to that stage of...
1: That's also propositional calculus language.
0: If and only if?
1: If and only if.
0: If I and wrote a new
1: a couple weeks ago using propositional calculus. Anyway, Fair. continue.
0: I was going to say, in in terms of like trying to seek out confession from people, that's something you only do publicly if and only if you've gotten that far in the steps of Matthew eighteen. Right, the, the steps that we use for excommunication or church discipline in in the Lutheran Church, and I think pretty pretty widely across church denominations yeah I would
1: think that most most denominations that do church discipline would use Matthew 18 as the as the structure for that
0: yeah and that is you go one-on-one if that fails you go with a small group of trusted friends if you go or if that fails uh you go uh as a community Uh, and if that fails then you drive them from your midst um
1: and I I think it's always important Jesus says treat them as a tax collector as a Gentile
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you got to remember how did Jesus treat tax collectors and Gentiles he treated them with love and care and a mm-hmm. desire to bring them in so like
0: mm-hmm.
1: you you put them out with a desire mm-hmm. to restore them when they yeah. recognize their sin so yeah
0: but that is to to circle back if you haven't gone individually to confront someone about their sin and if you haven't gone with a group of trusted friends to confront them, and this is not your trusted friends, this is their trusted friends, uh, well, to confront and, them over a sin. And more
1: importantly, it's someone who can provide an objective, like, this person isn't making this up. You need to confess for this.
0: Yeah. Um, it's after that point that you can start to speak to a sin publicly. Um, and you don't do it in such a way that you're just laying into someone because you want right you're
1: not ranting about it you're trying to like bring about that confession and that restoration
0: you're speaking about it in concern um an example that's in the news um there was a former president of the southern baptist convention who a few months ago i think um was accused of Uh, sexual assault um, by the wife, I think, of another pastor. Um, And it was only after his refusal to acknowledge that sin on multiple occasions that uh, anything came out publicly. And it wasn't because um, they wanted to see his downfall necessarily but it was because they didn't want him to hurt anyone else in his authority that was given to him as a pastor um and i think i mean that's a pretty in my my eyes right application of that that command you you only take someone else's sin public if there is like a significant chance that because of that sin they are going to do someone harm
1: yeah Um, which is, is very close to our topic, but I guess a little bit of a tangent, so yeah,
0: but it's, it's all trying to drive them to confession. So, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: I think, are we ready for takeaways, Ben? I think I am ready for Takeaways. I think Um, so. I go ahead and go first. I feel like I always go first. I take, I take the thunder. I'll be the lightning this time. I guess lightning uh, actually goes first, but
0: yeah. Cuz light travels faster than sound. We understand. Oh, uh, yes, yeah. physics. Yeah. Um much faster than sound. Um Anyway. Uh I think my takeaway for today is uh confession is important. Um If you have a hard time really embracing it or um, understanding what's going on in the midst of the service. Um, Maybe spend some time before you go to church on a Sunday morning or in the pew before service starts or in a chair, depending on where you're at. Um, Just kind of considering those things that are on your heart and mind uh, to prepare you for confession, um, to prepare you to receive that forgiveness. Um, Don't overlook it don't dwell too much on it either but um take it seriously it's good stuff that's a
1: it's a good takeaway thank you um kind of almost segueing from that last line I think my takeaway would be as as much as you are able view confession as a gift mm-hmm. because we are promised that forgiveness is going to follow um so it's 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 a gift to be able to take our sin somewhere to have it taken care of to have it dealt with so yeah that's that's my takeaway uh some prayer ideas for everybody this i was about to say this afternoon but uh first of all it's morning here when i'm recording it's afternoon there and you might be listening to it at night so uh Today prayer requests for whatever time of day it is pray um pray for forgiveness obviously and then pray for churches all over this country all over this world that they would stick to that this foundation of what we do and that is the forgiveness of sins through the work of Jesus Christ so um because like we said it can be tempting to to pick a topic and go after it hard, but we got to stick to that foundation. Um, So pray that churches would be faithful in that Um, and pray Thanksgiving, because we have a God who's willing to listen to our confession and forgive us instead of smiting us. So uh, that's pretty great. That's pretty awesome. Um, And if you have someone, if you have someone um, who you want to invite to church, this isn't a prayer request anymore. If you have someone who maybe you want to invite to church and you're worried about how they're going to like respond to the confession absolution, maybe send them this podcast first and say, hey, I want I want you to come to church with me. But first, I want you to listen to this. So like you're not caught super off guard by uh, what goes on there. So um, that's kind of uh, the start of our shameless plugs, which officially begin right now. Uh, subscribe to Man Buns and Jesus on whatever podcasting platform is your platform of choice. Uh, I'm personally a Spotify man. Uh, I have close friends who are Apple Podcasts. Uh, I don't know anyone who uses Google Podcasts, but like, if you have Google Homes in your house, it would be really convenient. And <laughs> I even know people who love Pandora and uh, actually have me wondering I wonder if Spotify versus Pandora is a regional thing or if it's like, uh, I don't know. Anyway, whatever you listen on, we are there and we would love for you to subscribe to us, give us that validation that uh, this is worth our time. And uh, we do have a Facebook page, like it if you want, we don't really care. It is mostly there, so if you have a topic request or if you have a guest you want us to try and get on or if you wanna be a guest and come on and talk about something, um, you can text us if you know us personally, but if you don't, Feel free to toss it on the the Facebook page, uh, either as a message or as a comment. We will see it, and we would love to have you on. We will try and talk about whatever topic you have for us. Um, And in case you just listen to the audio, uh, if you ever look at the video, this is a Zoom call. So no matter where you are, you can very easily join our podcast. All you need is the ability to join a Zoom call. Um, So... That is all of our shameless plugs, I believe. Uh, Happy Advent, everybody. And if you're looking for a church home this Sunday in the area of Lake Orion, Michigan, check out Good Shepherd with my my friend Ben here. I heard he's a pretty good preacher. Never mind. Ben won't be there for you.
0: That'll be last weekend when this podcast comes out.
1: Exactly. So next weekend he will be in town, and you can hear his delightful preaching. (laughs) on a yet to be determined text
0: no i know what i'm preaching on it's the death of john the baptist
1: oh look at that that's a weird text for advent (laughs) um and if you're in the area of eastvale corona we have people coming from rialto california like wherever you wherever if you're in southern california and you're looking for a church home we would be happy for you to join us um and you can i don't know what i'm preaching on in two weeks time um
0: you'll find out when you get there
1: (laughs) i will know tuesday next tuesday because that is when i look at the text for the next week so um with that brothers and sisters go in peace serve the lord
0: thanks be to god